This is CliffCentral.com. Let's get to Anthea and see what's going on with your money, all right? Anthea <laughs> Gardner, first thing on a Monday morning. She's working hard for your money, and uh, this morning she's going to tell us all about what's going on with Business Confidence, Nuspers, and a whole lot of other company news. Good morning, yes, Anthea. Good morning. Uh, nice shortened week we have this week, so there's not going to be a lot going forward. But last week we had cu- quite a couple of things. We had the IMF downwardly revising global growth forecast, mm. projecting slower growth for 70% of the world. So it's coming to a halt, uh, all oh. this excitement. And South Africa, of course, hasn't taken advantage of it. I mean, despite the lower GDP growth forecasts, the, the stock market's still rallying quite hard. You know, um, on Friday we closed, the all share closed at 58,400 and the highest ever we've seen was 61,500, somewhere around there. Um, so yeah, so we're getting back to the high levels again. We started the year on about 50,000. So we're 8,000 up from 50,000, which is nice. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not, not lovely about the downgrading of the expectations for growth. I don't like that at all. That's not good news, but, you know. But but I wanted to show you the disconnect between the yeah. economy and the stock market, actually, which which is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you'll see, we'll talk about pick and pay in a minute. There's, there's a couple of things that don't um, – that drive our stock market but don't drive our economy, like NASPERS, for example. NASPERS yeah. is now close it's, to its all-time it's, high again. It's not connected to South Africa, you there see. You and if you are connected to South Africa, in particular to anything that has government's hand on it, it's going to go down. Business confidence, you said, is the lo- at the lowest level in seven months. Yeah, how sad is that, right? right? And that's – that's, that's unbelievable. That's electricity blackouts, right? right? Of that's course. what you get. That's right? what happens. And and you can imagine business confidence as being a leading indicator showing what's going to happen because it's a survey done of managers and what sort of orders they're putting in, how they feel, whether they're ordering, whether they're um, employing, whether they're rolling up for higher sales, and they're not. And that's the bottom line. So things are things are still not looking great. I mean, wow, to think that over a year ago, we had Ramaphoria, and now it's all nowhere. <laughs> Come on, Ramaphoria was like that shitty character that Marvel tried to like wheel out to us. No one really believed that crap. Didn't we? No, oh. please. No. no, clearly we didn't. Right? No, well, neither did international investors. Yeah. I mean, you just saw Ramaphoria. <laughs> just the word like- alone. So bad. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, in, in company news, though, we are seeing, and, and by the way, Pretty much our market, um, results season is over. You know, there's not much going on. The U.S. is just starting up now. But we did have Pick and Pay put out a trading update last week because they've still got to report their results. Group turnover is expected to be up by 7.1%. Oh, yes? Yeah, diluted headline earnings per share because that's how we measure things, right? Headline earnings per share, not profit, not revenue earnings per share. Well, profit, but earnings per share because we are shareholders mm-hmm. um, growth was up between 20 and 30 percent now very impressive yeah and and how did what, they do that exactly what is pick and pay doing that nobody else is doing and i think 
there's a couple of things. So if you've seen Pick and Pay roll out their stores, they've got these like, and I don't want to say they're competition for Woolworths, but they kind of are, right? If the economy's tough and you don't want to shop at Woolworths, you're shopping down a little bit, but you don't want to shop kind of right at the bottom end. So you kind of just step down into a nice yeah, store. I know, I know what you mean. There are yeah? these, these slightly more specialized stores of theirs, which are definitely a pleasure to shop in compared to the below that level. Absolutely. Shops, yeah. So the ones I've been into in Cape Town, the waterfront, and in um, Joburg, the the William Nichols store, yeah, the one right. the is it near Peter Place? Yeah. It's amazing. Place, no, not Nickelway. Right. The no, one no, I know which one on, you mean. It's, um, called, it's called something on. It's like a superstore. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Anyway, and then of course lots of promotions. I think is what Pick and Pay have also been doing, and kind of of course that's going to help them. So, no doubt they're going to be taking market share from other um, food retailers. And then on the mining, Sabanya Stillwater, which used to be called Sabanya Gold, remember mm-hmm. that? Yes. <laughs> I, I almost forgot that now. Um, raised last week $120 million when they did a private placement, obviously, after market close. They always do that. Just when you think you're done for day, you get a phone call or an email from their banker. And the banker says, we're doing a private placement. Would you like some shares? And then you have to go and figure out how much you want and at what price or if you even want. I didn't take up any, I'm pleased to say, even though they offered it to us at a 2% discount to the average price. Mm-hmm. So at 15 Rand 50. And in Froneman's words, he said the enhanced balance sheet flexibility provided by this transaction will ensure that the company is appropriately positioned and sufficiently robust to endure any socioeconomic challenges. So... What he's doing is insulating the company against and the And shoring up his balance sheet. Sure. The market's not believing him, though. Oh, really? Yeah, the share fell the next day. It, it it really was not good. I think a lot of people took it up thinking that the share would stay where it was and they could close or, or materialize that, uh, that discount profit. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen, unfortunately. And then in Nigeria, they're up to their old tricks again with multi-choice this time. Oh, yeah? Yep. So they're saying they're withdrawing the previously granted three-year license granted to Go TV in Nigeria. Um, it's really hard to do business when the government keeps shifting the goalposts. Right? It's impossible. You know, this is, again, governments should leave business alone. The moment they get involved, they screw it up. MTN has had... Unbelievable trouble in Nigeria. Some of it which they don't deserve, some of it which they probably do. But the fact is you cannot do business on shifting sands. And it seems that whenever the Nigerian government need to leverage some money out of people, all they do is they squeeze business. And then business has to pay because they're in already too deep. And and you don't know how they're going to make it up or where it's going to come from. So you can't even kind of put it into your balance sheet or discount numbers in your balance sheet for what is potentially going to happen. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, people I know who've gone to Mozambique by car. What you have to do is you have to keep an envelope of cash on you. And you have to just hand cash out to a whole bunch of criminals along the way who are going to try and extort you for various reasons. That's what it's like doing business in Nigeria. You just have to be willing to bribe. And sometimes you get lucky. Oh, because, yeah. because last week, on the other hand, a Nigerian regulator released the Visaphone 800 megahertz spectrum to MTN. See, I mean, so it's obviously <laughs> those bribes worked. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm obviously speaking tongue-in-cheek, but... Well, I hadn't thought of it, but now that you mention it. Oh, there must be something. Tell <laughs> I mean, me about... Because this is quite a big thing for MTN, actually. So they, they had 
two million customers or subscribers, and they were waiting for the Spectrum because they bought this other company. Um, and then they thought they were never going to get it, and now suddenly mm. they've got it, and the upside is fantastic. Tell me about EOH because they've been a that's been a horror story. Oh for the yeah, last we, little while. we we spoke about them last week as well, didn't we? Yeah, the share fell almost twenty percent the other day last week sometime. They posted an update saying that profit would decline by 993%. I My mean, God. Is Give me an idea of what that means. If I bought a share at 100 Rand, what would it be worth now if it had declined that much? Well, I can tell you it's worth 9 Rand or something. Oh, God. That's awful. Oh, no, this is just, this has been the worst story, this EOH story. It's, it's just horrendous. I mean, so there's a couple of things. So they're saying that their revenue has remained stable at 8.4 billion rand. Yeah. But they're writing down a whole lot of things, you know, so losses on business identified at closeout last year. Um, IFRS changes, Labashi empowerment transaction cost them one rand per share, which is not a lot considering, um, yeah, it, it's just equity account that they uh, – equity investment in Zimbabwe they're writing down as well. There's just a whole lot of stuff. All of this on top of the bribery allegations from a couple of years ago, it's just not looking good for EOH at the moment. Mm. And their poor new CEO, I mean, he just goes from bad to worse, really. He jumped into the fire. He really did. Uber? Yeah. So Uber are planning an IPO, an initial public offering this year. Um, they're going to raise about $10 billion, which right. makes it the biggest IPO so far this year. Um, pretty much puts it very close to the top of the IPO list um, globally across the world. It's very exciting. But I, but I think investors are really skeptical because everyone's wondering. So even a $10 billion IPO, how much they're raising, values the company at about $100 billion. Wow. And – I'm, wow. I, I think analysts These are just numbers going, are just extraordinary. But how? How do they even get to that number? You know, it's, uh, know. it's a very difficult one. And it doesn't help them that Lyft, the other, uh, what do you call it? Retailing. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it, yeah. Company. Taxi cab company. <laughs> We're here for you, Anthea. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Um, they IPO'd last year at $72, and on Friday they closed below $60 a share. So you can see that um, – Analysts and investors are starting to worry about how they generate revenue, how they stay competitive. Um, yeah. and, and these exaggerated values, clearly. Oh, unbelievable. All right. I mean, I, I, keep, I, I keep saying, like, when are we going to stop looking for silicon unicorns, right? I mean, Silicon Valley unicorn, unicorns, it's just well, unbelievable. Well, everybody's hoping for that next big one because we've exactly seen other people it. making money. Fear but and the, greed. Fear and greed. That's all that drives this. I did look up, by the way, the 10 largest IPOs of all time. Do you want to know what some of them are? Sure. So in the top five, there's only one U.S. company, and in fact, it's fourth on the list, General Motors. Okay. First up, Alibaba. Right. right. They raised $21.8 billion. Sure. Yeah, not bad. Eh? And they've just keep going, right? kept going. Agricultural Bank of China. They raised $19.2 billion. Commercial Bank of China. Do you see a trend here? Yes, China, China, China. <laughs> China. And then the fifth one is NTT Docomo. What's the fourth one? What's the General American Motors, one? the oh, General US Motors. General Motors. And the fifth one, NTT Docomo, which is a Tokyo-based telecoms company. Hmm. And then sixth, we have another US company, Visa. Mm-hmm. 
And the other U.S. company at ninth was Facebook. Okay. All right, so let's just talk quickly about Levi Strauss. I mean, we all wear jeans. What's happening there? Question: Does mm. everyone still wear Levi Strauss? I, always I think don't know like if they wear Levi's, <laughs> but they wear jeans. I mean, these, yeah, these are the guys jeans. who invented jeans. Yeah, right? they're the original guys. Yeah, so. I always because I have Levi's and I love them, and I always think, like, do people still wear these, or am I so far behind in the fashion? I think they do. <laughs> Okay. Still, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Thanks, guys, for making me feel better. <laughs> You're still cool, Anthea. Why is, why is the company <laughs> is the company not looking good? Um, no, it's looking great, actually. And, and I'm surprised by it because they're such an old company. They IPO'd last year. So this was their first quarterly reporting last week. The share was up 7%. And mostly they said they're going to revitalize their company and start selling not just jeans, but Tops is particularly the one that grew, and they're going to move into different regions. So the two very outstanding kind of features of Levi's results were that their top sales increased by 28%, um, and that they're moving into Asia where sales grew like also in the double digits, a phenomenal amount. So Fantastic. Yeah, so very exciting to see such an old company kind of stable uh, reinvent itself, I'd say. All right, uh, there's a quick message here for you from Alexander. He says, morning, guys. Have you watched the Theranos documentary, The Inventor Out for Blood in Silicon Valley? It's like a fire fest for a medical startup. It's about how Elizabeth Holmes became the world's youngest self-made billionaire, heralded as the next Steve Jobs. Then just two years later, her multi-billion dollar company was dissolved. Oh, wow. If you haven't watched it, you must You have seen it. it. Yes, it is Brilliant. And then a couple of people saying, I wear Levi's all the time. Three or four messages coming through right now. Okay. So it's not just you, Anthea. Thanks for the support. And just one last quick thing before you disappear. Listen to uh, Dangote telling everybody on a television interview. He was at the Mo Ibrahim Foundation, and he said he withdrew $10 million just to prove to himself <laughs> that he had money. Because, you know, a lot of these people, their money's I in the balance sheet, story. you know. So their, their money's in the bank, and, and it's on paper. But it's not actual money. So here he is talking about this. Listen to this quickly. But I guess it doesn't matter now because for you it is numbers in the banks, you know. That's the interview, right? your bank statement and, you know, how many zeros here or is not here or there. But I don't even look at that at all. You don't even like it. It's okay. But when you made your first million or five million, how we deal with that? When you, when you, first your, you made your first million or... Five million or you know the way it is is that uh, when you first start business, your target is to make your first million. You know, okay, fine, I did that. Uh-huh. But you know, after you know a year or so, I realized that look, I have much more than uh, twelve, thirteen billion. You know, and I said, okay, fine, all these numbers are just written numbers. Yeah. You know, and uh, one day I went to uh, a bank. Yeah, you know, at that time there were no restrictions of this, and I right. wrote uh, a check and uh, cash, ten million dollars, and I took it home for yourself, for myself. Yes, I you cash ten million dollars from the yes. bank. Yes, yes, and took it. I put it in the boot of my vehicle, yeah. and I went home, <laughs> and I opened it, and I look at ten million. I said, that, "Okay, fine. Now I believe I have money." <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So he just withdrew $10 million in oh. cash so he could look at it and see for himself. That's fantastic. Isn't it great that $10 million in cash fits in your boot? Oh, yeah, that's another point. I'm surprised he didn't dive into it. Isn't that great? Put it in the bathtub. Well, he might, he might have, like Scrooge McDuck. Yes, yes, in that big safe. But I do think that's kind of cool. So there it is. That's how the, uh, the world's really super rich 
think of money. All right, thanks, Anthea. We will thanks, check in guys. with you on Monday next week. Um, um, really? No, actually, because we're on holiday on Monday next oh, week, so there's no done. money shot. Have a good yeah. Easter weekend. All right. Well, le- you'll let us know if anything important happens, even though we don't have our appointment on Monday. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Thank you. There's Anthea Gardner, the money shot. Mondays, except on public holidays. This is CliffCentral.com.